You're listening to The Wedding Whisperer with Sarah Burton of Simply Love Studio in Lexington, Kentucky. I'm back today with Lori and Melissa with L&M Detailed Events, and they are based in Louisville. So if you are not familiar with their company name, that is why. Although they are based in Louisville, they do work in Lexington occasionally. They offer full-service wedding planning and coordination for couples. In today's podcast, we're going to talk a little bit about um, being a wedding planner in general, how they got into the industry, and what they love about their jobs, and then also about the difference in Lexington weddings and Louisville weddings. So thank you all so much for joining me today. Thank you for having us. Thanks, Sarah, for having us. So tell me how you all met each other. Well, funny story. We both uh, had quit our full-time jobs, our corporate jobs, and we were working in a playroom as two stay-at-home moms. And Lori's oldest son was going to kindergarten. And so we just kind of tapped into what we both were best at, and it was planning. And the backstory to that, there's a little deeper. That's where we technically met. But uh, Melissa and I both grew up in small South Central Kentucky uh, counties, neighboring counties. We didn't know each other growing up. And then we both moved to Lexington, went to school. We still had not met. And then we moved to Louisville, started having our families. And that's when we met at the gym. And and our relationship began about, what, 14 years ago, 15 years ago? Yeah. Yeah. And then how long have you been in business together? <laughs> Melissa might guess higher, but I we just technically celebrated our 10-year anniversary this last year in 2023. Okay, so you've definitely grown a lot and seen a lot of changes in the past few years. Absolutely. Tell me a little bit about, Lori, we'll start with you. Your The favorite part of your job about being a wedding planner. I think my favorite part about being a wedding planner is getting to meet new people from all different walks of life and different backgrounds, different economical status, all the things. Um, it keep, it's very entertaining. It's a privilege, really, to come into people's lives and be a part of these special days. These are monumental days in their life. You know, when you graduate, when you have children and when you get married are just such an important day. And it's a privilege to get to do that. And we get to become very close with our couples, get to know them and create relationships. And I think that's the most rewarding part and my favorite part of it. And talking about the different demographics, do you see a lot of couples coming to Louisville to have destination weddings? We actually do. Somehow, Melissa and I have found a niche of out-of-town couples. So I would say a high percentage, I don't know exactly what that percentage is, but a high percentage of our couples are from out-of-town. So we plan with them. Some of them may have family still in town, so they're coming back to have their wedding, but we actually have also had destination. We have one coming up this year in 2024. A couple from New York actually toured several cities. Uh, Washington, D.C. was one of them, and they chose Louisville. Um, they liked the up-and-coming. They, they could tell that the city was trying to co- make a comeback, and so they chose to have their wedding here and, and we're, we again it's a privilege to get to do that and we, a lot of things we take for granted here in our state but then when you see people coming and choosing to come here you it kind of makes you stop and think about it Absolutely. they enjoy that um southern charm the bourbon history and they just want to be a part of it and i think that's why a lot of people will come to kentucky to get married Okay. And then, Melissa, what is your favorite part about being a wedding planner? Oh, wow. Uh, Well, working with my best friend is one on top of the list. And I'll have to echo what Lori says. um, Our couples is we've met over the past decade some really cool people. 
that we still have kept in touch with. And we're part of that special day for them. It's, we love it still today. A lot of times when um, people ask me what I do, depending on who the person is, kind of depends on what I tell them I do. If it's just general and passing, I'm like, I'm a wedding planner. Um, although that is not what I consider myself anymore. And people are like, oh, you're like J-Lo on the wedding planner. <laughs> um, and I've been meaning to create like a meme where it has a picture of her with her headset on um, and then a picture of me like sitting at Sweaty. my desk. <laughs> like doing emails. Yeah, doing emails. Got hair everywhere. Do you ever get that? Oh, yes, for sure. I actually had um, a couple last year. Their aunt loved to tease me about the J-Lo movie and said that if I didn't wear a head- headset, I was truly not a wedding planner. So we, I, I actually bought faux headsets and her and I like, yeah, just te- is a teasing back and forth. But yeah, a lot of times when we introduce ourselves as wedding planners, everyone says, oh, my gosh, I, I, that's my dream job. I would love to do that. And it, it really is a dream job. It really is. But there's a lot more that goes into it than just putting on a headset and running around telling everyone what to do. And you did roll up in your Range Rover today, too, like J-Lo, didn't you? <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> yeah I, don't, I don't know. I got out. I didn't look like that. Yeah. <laughs> um, one of the things that I want to talk about, um, still on the vendor side of things, is if a vendor, like a photographer, a caterer, um, a cake baker, a DJ, if they want to kind of get on your good graces and get on your vendor referral list, what do they have to do to impress you to get on that list? It's the quality of service for us. We don't have a preferred vendor list. But we refer vendors based on the quality of service, our couple's budget, and we just know that they'll be taken care of by a certain vendor. That's how we refer them. We often use a lot of the same vendors. So if you see like our vendor um, tags and things, you'll see a lot of the same names. And that's because we know that they put the client first and that they're going to take care of them or the couple. I say client, sometimes couple. That's what I mean either way. Uh, But we know they're going to take care of them and then we trust them. And most importantly, they're putting them first. And then do you take kickbacks from any of the vendors that you refer to your couples? We do not. Um, We have a baseline flat rate fees and we do not do any commissions or kickbacks. Um, We may get an occasional $5 Starbucks card (laughs) here and there and get a a coffee. Um, But no, we do not. Usually if we get discounts from vendors, we actually pass those down to our couple because we want to treat our couples the way that we want to be treated as consumers. Absolutely. And that's pretty standard in Lexington as well. If someone is interested in getting into wedding planning, because it is their dream job and it looks so much like so much fun on Instagram, where would you tell them to start? Lori and I actually started doing kids' birthday parties and we had one friend was like, will you help us with our wedding? And we we're like, sure, that sounds fun. A Saturday night away from, you know, our normal mom life. And then that just snowballed into a full-time job for us. We've actually had people come to us that want to start their business. They want to have coffee with us, and we're happy to sit down and talk to people. Um, We've had a couple younger high school graduates that we've met with, and they ask what should they major in. They do want to go ahead and get their college degree. What should they major in? And by no means are Melissa and I advisors in what to do for college, but what we could have benefited in more is some business classes. And because, again, wedding planning, dream job, but there's a lot behind the scenes. We have to we're running a business. So there's a lot of desk work that goes into that taxes, et cetera. All the non fun things is what Melissa and I call them. 
<laughs> but if we had had some some business classes to help us with that marketing, marketing yourself, because again, you're you're a business. I think that's a great place to start. And then the third would be design. I think if you want to go into full wedding planning, you need to have some design knowledge when when you're doing uh, wedding planning at a scale that you're helping with linens and florals and, and, and creating the event from the ground up. I think people skills, hard work is two, um, two major skills that we, we do with every wedding. You have to want to pick up your weekends and you have to work hard. And I think graphic design is something oh, I would also encourage anyone to do as well. Canva helps us so much now, yeah. but still there's so much graphics than creativity that goes into stuff now too for sure yeah we agree melissa has been having a really good time with canva (laughs) recently and it does that does play into it i think that's a good suggestion as well would you if someone is interested in starting in the wedding planning world would you recommend that they just start their own business first or should they do like an internship Uh, work under a different planner, what would you recommend they do? 100% you have to start from the ground up. You have to start by following, shadowing. You may do it for free. I mean, we did weddings for free for one or two years before we ever, yeah, yeah, before we ever became an, you know, an actual business. So I I think gaining experience before you jump jump into the water is so so important to um, see if it's for you it's not for everybody i think that goes back to your j-lo comment that yeah. these people see on instagram and the movies this fun glorious job they don't realize that there's other things that comes with it and i think shadowing and getting as much experience is is the best way what's the longest wedding day you've ever done oh 20 hours i think i've had a i would count a 19 hour day yeah and too a lot of times i will have people take a job somewhere in the wedding industry and they're like well i didn't realize it was going to be every weekend yes and it's like when did you think it was going to (laughs) be um so it it really is every it it may not be every weekend but weddings happen saturdays and then fridays and then sundays like it is your full weekend when a lot of other people are off work and you want to go hang out with them or you see them at concerts doing fun things and yeah you're you're working for sure yeah it is yeah go ahead that is part of the deal, I think, is you get the dream job, but you are sacrificing some weekends. So there's a healthy balance. Melissa and I, uh, it worked for us because we had some, uh, kids in school. So th- during the week, we still wanted to be a part of their lives, take them to school, go to their school activities. So it's been a good balance for us. As they get older, uh, we miss some weekends, some activities, but it's still a good balance for the both of us and our families. What is something that you wish you would have known before you started your business? I think I wish I would have known more business aspect, like taxes, what Lori was saying. Um, we had some good resources helping us with the marketing aspect. Um, that would be the thing, the business side of it, I think would, I wish I had known more knowledge on. I agree. I think that's where we lack the most is the business side of it. We also in our social media, that's probably somewhere that we lack too. if we had a little more. So, it, you know, all those things started while I'll age Melissa and myself, all those things started while we were having kids and, you know, we didn't keep up right at first. So now we're, we're making up time trying to keep up with that. But yeah, I think biz, the business side of it, having more knowledge on how to manage a business and be uh, fruitful. I think that's a great answer. I think that's something I would say as well. For both of you, since both of your names are in the company name, um, and most wedding planners, it's typically just one wedding planner, then they'll have um, some people underneath them. But since you're both in the company name, how do you decide who works the wedding? Do you work the weddings together? Do you separate on the day of? How does that work? Yeah, so 
it's Lori and I. It's our business. It's our baby. We only take on 25 weddings a year. And so we look at our calendar. Depend, we never want to like overlap with each other just to keep it straight. And quality of service is still number one to our couples. So we just look at our calendar and see who would be the lead. But there's always two of us at the wedding. We, um, well, because of COVID, we had to separate more than we would have liked. But we just had to do it to get our contract weddings through. Yeah, that's how we look at it. So based on how our schedule is and who would be the lead. But then the other one, if if one of us is the lead, the other one will come in and act as the assistant. Yeah, we've considered doing more splits here and there because we, we both are leads. So we're fully capable of handing the wedding on our own. We're probably spoiled having each other. I know that it's easier to lean. We trust each other a lot. Um, so when I have a big wedding or it's a full planning and there's a lot of logistics that go into it, I can fully trust that Melissa is going to do everything on her side the same way that I would. So there's probably a lot of that just um, leaning on each other. Uh, you know, like I said, we've we've talked about splitting, but in all, I think we give our best customer service, which is what's most important to us is customer service. And at the end of the day, we've done everything possible to make sure that the couples have enjoyed their day, but not just the couples, the family. So that, you know, if the, usually people avoid the couple with problems and then it, you know, they go to the family. So we also want to make sure that the families are, are showing up and feeling like guests. And so we take a lot of pride in that. And back to the question of how we decide if, if we get a referral. So if I do a wedding and I get a referral from that wedding, then I would be the lead for that wedding. So we try to stay true to whoever the lead was. And Just then again, built those relationships with those families and those couples, we already have that mutual respect and um, support. But I want to say that 95% of our business is referrals and word of mouth, that we do very to little marketing. And so that's how our business is based and our success is our referrals. And I think it goes back to that customer service and the quality of service that we still provide to our couples. And I know that you offer both full service planning and coordination. Do you do more of one than the other? We try to keep a very good balance. So we actually have full planning, partial planning, and coordination. So partial land somewhere in the middle. We created that package for those couples that didn't need quite the full service, but they wanted something throughout their planning process instead of coming in at coordination, you know, four to six weeks. So we have those three packages and we try to keep a very blended calendar making sure those are balanced. We don't want to have four full plannings in a month. So we're very conscious of that. When we get inquiries, we both communicate, you know, what does this look like for you? Can you take on a full at this time? We're very, very conscious of dates and when people inquire and how that affects the calendar and how it'll affect our customer service. Because our full and partial package is unlimited communication the day of the signing. So we're with them throughout the planning process, whereas the coordination starts six weeks before the date. So then we'll come in six weeks before the wedding, get all the information, the contracts, and then we execute their wedding the day of. I would consider both of you veterans in the industry. And so that means that you were definitely here in 2015, 2019, pre-pandemic. So let's talk a little bit about how pricing has shifted since like 2019 to weddings now. What do you think percentage-wise you've seen weddings increase? Or about vendor pricing increase? Well, we feel very grateful and lucky that our business survived the pandemic and that we came out on the other end stronger from it. We have noticed an increase across the board in vendors pricing. Um, 
I would be as bold as to say 50%. That may not be across the board, but definitely in some of your vendors, your florals, your caterer. We all know when we go to the grocery store that our grocery bill is much higher. So that also falls on your caterer when they're purchasing to cater your wedding. So it it makes sense. You see it in other parts of your lives, just not in wedding planning. But it's definitely been, been a significant increase. It did not creep up. It just jumped up all of the sudden and it does not look like it's going to stop anytime soon. Yeah. And honestly, I struggle with that a little bit whenever I'm helping couples with their budget because it's so hard for me to even estimate what vendors cost now for sure uh, because it is changing so much. And a lot of times I will meet with a couple and the bride will say, you know, my sister got married in 2015 and my parents gave her 25000 So that's what they're giving me. And I'm like, well, that's not going to be the same wedding that she had. And so sometimes it's a little bit of education on both of their ends and especially the parents' ends to realize that, you know, that's not the same as it was eight years ago. Exactly. We had to relearn all of that and still truthfully are relearning it. So used to, we would be able to be like, your photographer is X, your uh, caterer is Y. And we would just tell these amounts that were so very close to what we knew they would be. But we had to relearn all that and are still relearning and really try not to make those assumptions anymore. We have to reach out uh, and do a little more legwork to see what has changed. One of the things that has definitely changed since pre-pandemic as well is having content creators on wedding days. That is something that I saw popping up on social media. And Melissa, I think you were the first person that told me that you had one at a wedding. Tell me a little bit about the experience having a content creator there. Is that something you would recommend for a couple? Yeah. So it was actually our New Year's Eve wedding. Our bride really wanted to have a person come in and create social content for her social media that she can upload throughout, you know, she has it and she saved it. She loved it. It was a great experience. She did a really good job. It was a company out of California and the bride really enjoyed having all that social media content that she was able to post later. When, when Melissa was the lead on this one, so just I become the assistant. So I'm with the wedding party a lot more. So Melissa worked on the front end of organizing that with the timeline with the content creator. And but I worked with her more. So um, she came in It allowed, I think, the friends and the bridesmaids to not have to worry about doing that. And they were able to put their phones down and not feel like they constantly had to capture things or wanted to capture things because they knew someone else was doing it. She was not invasive. She tried to stay out of the way. When she first arrived, they did do one of the trending audios. They they did it like two or three takes and said, great, moving on. But I, did, I didn't see them do that the rest of the day. So it wasn't like it was constantly trying to invade the day and come up with this these things. She was just behind everyone else, behind the photographer, behind the videographer, just getting her moments and, and taking. But talking to the bride after the wedding and her sending me some of the content, it was fun. It was engaging. The bride really enjoyed it. Um, and it's something that she can keep forever. Sure. Just to throw this out there, you do not have to bring in somebody from out of state for that. I know that Friends Eddie Photography in Lexington offers that. And I'm sure you may have a couple of people here in uh, Louisville that offer that now. So. We, we do. Um, you can probably just search it on Instagram. They There's a couple people that aren't photographers that are just strictly doing social media content. Talking about a wedding day, what do you all typically wear on wedding days? 
Melissa and I stick to black. It's my favorite, so it's not a problem for me. I wear it every day. Every, and every once in a while, I'll get flashy and wear white during the week just because I can. And um, But yeah, we, we black all the way. We try to be conservative behind the scenes, blend in. We don't wear anything flashy, anything showing too much skin. It's just we're there to work and we want to be behind the scenes and, and no one notice us. We have found the magic key is changing our shoes three different times. Yes. That seems to be the thing. If we could change our shoes three times, by the end, we're still going. So like we said, it's long days, 19 hours, 20 hours. So the key to constantly changing your shoes is it helps us. So you mentioned wearing white during the week occasionally. Just want to touch on this real quick because we talked about this on um, how to be a good wedding guest. What are your thoughts on when um, the guests show up in white or ivory? Does that bother you at a wedding? Do you notice that? If it doesn't bother the couple, it doesn't bother me because what's most important is what they think. Then I haven't had anyone comment on it. We'll have guests maybe or bridesmaids will say, why is she wearing white? I prefer, I think that you shouldn't. Just if there's any question, if people are even bringing it up at all, then you probably shouldn't wear it. One more thing before we jump into the different markets. Let's talk about Instagram versus reality. I know that you mentioned that um, you don't love social media and you don't spend all day on social media uh, like some of us do. Talk to me a little bit about the difference in what you see on Instagram versus reality. Yeah, Instagram's great. It's probably one of my favorite social medias to scroll through um, when I have idle time just to see all the pretty things. I call it in comparison to others. I just think it's all the pretty things. And most of the accounts I follow are wedding related. So it's always positive and, and pretty things. So it, it gives me a better outlook for my day. It's inspiring. It is. It's inspiring. So I think it's a great platform or all of them are great platforms. But the misconception is that when you see a beautiful Instagram, that they're also going to perform those beautiful Beautiful things for your day. And maybe they are, but are they personable? Are, are they there for you or are they there for their business and their social media account? So that's, that's a very common misconception when we're planning with couples and they, they tell us they've found someone on Instagram. We go through a whole vetting process. We want to talk to them. What does your day look like? How are you incorporating our couple's opinions, etc.? So there, it's more than just seeing a pretty picture on a social media platform. But I also think with couples, they will see these photos on Pinterest or whatever the social outlet is and it's not within their budget so you see these big dreams but then you have to be the person that's like pissing into reality for them of this is what you can actually afford yeah switching into what I really wanted to talk about today um, is a little bit of the difference in Lexington wedding market and Louisville wedding market a lot of times if I get someone from out of state that reaches out to me, they're like, hey, we want to get married in Kentucky. We're open to Lexington or Louisville. And it's amazing the difference in the cities and the pricing, just everything about it. And like even my knowledge, I swear, it literally stops at like the end of Franklin County. I've got nothing past that. Um, and so anytime, you know, a lot of times you'll ask me about Lexington. And I'll ask you about Louisville. It's just like we know our market so well. I know you did at one time do quite a bit in Lexington. I do feel like you're more in Louisville almost all of the time now. So I just kind of want to share some of the differences with couples and probably moms that are listening because people just don't realize that there is a big difference. Let's start off with the average length of an engagement here. Do you think that has gotten shorter since the pandemic? 
For the current 2024 year, yes. Prior to that, we were still seeing 18 months plus engagements and planning with our couples. But for 2024, we are seeing much shorter engagement periods here in Louisville. 12 months is about, if we're doing a full service planning, it's probably about a 12 month planning process. Okay. I feel like we're maybe even like the eight to 10 months for us. Okay. One of the things I have noticed is that in Louisville, January, February, and March are actually not necessarily popular wedding months, but you do have a good amount of weddings during those months. And we see very few weddings during those months. Why do you think that is? I think we have the indoor venue capacity to uh, for those couples. So that definitely is a factor. You know, if you in Lexington, I think some of your venues are more outdoor. Inclement weather affects them. And I think that we have the venues to support winter weddings that people yeah, winter weddings. I may it's one of my favorite. It's one of our favorite. I was I was looking yeah. at Melissa. I'm like, should we say this out loud? Uh, it's one of our favorites, and um, because that's because the candlelight, the time of day, it gets darker. It's warmer. It's cozy. The attire is different. The in, the complete entire for the wedding attire for the wedding party or the bride. It's just different, and we always are up for something new and different. I also think that come February and March, vendors have had time to take a break. They've had time to relax. They are rejuvenated and they are ready to go. And it's some of the best work that vendors do. I agree. I completely agree. Most of the couples that go with a Louisville venue are super excited because they do not typically have an end time like most of our Lexington venues. Um, I think we do have some type of a noise ordinance for us. And most of the time, uh, venues do want things to be stopped at either 10 or 11 p.m. out by midnight at the latest. Whereas here, sometimes you'll go to 1 or 2 a.m. and that's not uncommon. It's not uncommon, actually. Melissa and I have a running joke with each other and with our couples when we're meeting with them and they're talking about their timeline. We say everyone turns into pumpkins at midnight. Let's not take this thing past midnight. So it's really the opposite. The venues are not enforcing it, but vendors themselves are like, this is late enough. This is enough. But it, it is an option to go longer into 1 and 2. And we often see... A lot of after parties, even yeah. when our weddings go to midnight, we'll see a lot of people go to another bar and stay for another two or three hours. Louisville has a great nightlife. A lot of times they'll move their reception over to a bar or another area to continue on party. Sometimes it's pre-planned and they'll be ready and waiting for them. And sometimes it's just on a whim. They all just go and head the, that direction. And we're definitely starting to see a lot more of that. I would say in the last probably two years, the after party. And part of that is because, you know, the venues do close down and sometimes it's because the couple doesn't want to pay for alcohol for everyone for much longer or they just want to have a close group of friends there the last little bit. And then whenever we talked about um, winter weddings being more popular in Louisville, that kind of takes us back to the diversity in the venues that we have. A lot of what we have in Lexington is are the barns. Um, obviously, we have ballrooms and all kinds of fun stuff, but I don't think you have as many barns here as we do. I would agree that we don't have as many barns. We have the outdoor venues. We have Oxmoor Farm, Udell. Locust Grove, Udell. You know, the Udell and Locust Grove now have pavilions that cover, but it's still, you would consider that an outdoor reception or wedding. And so we do have those outdoor places. As far as barns go, I would say that is more prominent in Lexington. And then we also have the downtown venues. And that, as we were talking before about the winter weddings, those are the venues that accommodate those. Lexington seems to service 
service the surrounding counties. So people from those counties that are very close within an hour or two are driving to Lexington to choose a venue, have their ceremony and their reception inside Lexington. Here in Louisville, we see a lot of our clients are from within the Louisville metro. Um, If anything, it would be the opposite and they may go outside into the counties and find a barn or a farm to have their reception. And so those are a couple differences we see in the two markets. And in the past few years, we've seen a lot of our venues add security. Um, Is that something that you typically see here at your venues? We do more often than we used to. We see, uh, you know, couples are hiring the security and or the venues are having the security. There's a couple of venues outside on the outskirts even. And so we're not just talking about our downtown venues, which may be the first ones to come to mind. But we have some on the outskirts on the outer loop of Louisville that also are hiring that. And it's just it brings safety for everyone. It's for the couples. It's for their guests and for the vendors. It just adds a level of confidence no there's a venue that we work at a lot um that you're required to hire an additional um officer off duty and he'll come and he'll stay and he'll be present and it is nice i mean as planners as you know two women staying at an event at the end of the night it gives us a sense of security to have that extra protection for us and i think that's part of why the venues in lexington have started doing that is because The vendors can be there so late and a lot of times, you know, they may be leaving by themselves. It's women, but a good amount of our our venues have that now. And I really appreciate that. When you get 200 people together and those 200 people are mixing alcohol, it is a wedding, but it is life. Going back to some of the venues that we've talked about that you have here, um, do you see a lot of tent weddings and farm weddings like on estates and stuff? So we have a couple of venues that require tent setup. So Whitehall and Oxmoor, both, if you're having anything larger than 100 people, you're going to need to set up a tent. So we have those two venues, but we also do see private residents. We didn't do as many last year, but the uh, the years prior to that, probably I would imagine pre-COVID, we had a lot of private residences that wanted to bring in, bring in people to their homes or maybe their aunt and uncle's house that's on the river and set up a tent. So we do do see that just not as much recently. And if somebody wants to do that, like on the private residence, would you recommend them having a full service planner or coordinator? Absolutely. A full service planner, because with the tent reception, you're building a venue from the ground up and there's everything that you have to build it. You have to rent it. So there's a lot more logistics that go into it than people might imagine. The common misconception is that you'll save money It could be quite the opposite, just depending on your property. You have to bring in the tent, the chairs, the tables, the generator, the lighting. You know, if you have a band or a DJ, they require so much amp. And so you need to make sure that that's there. And then restrooms is something I think people don't think about. But when you have 200 people on your property, your plumbing is not set up for that. I am no plumber, but your plumbing is not set up for that. I think that's something that people don't think of until it's happening and or there's a problem. So having a full planner to help you navigate that caterers need a kitchen tent that probably is they're thinking they'll just use their inside kitchen and that is not it does not facilitate what the caterer needs so you're having to build also a kitchen for them to accommodate your guests and to feed them do you think this is something a couple could have like their friend facilitate or would you recommend that they hire somebody that has been in the industry for a while I would highly recommend someone that is a professional experienced planner helping you build a tent reception. 
There's a lot of problem solving that goes into tented receptions. I feel like we've done our fair share of those and have gained the experience to to head those off and to do preventative measures to make sure that you don't have as many hiccups. So I would 100% hire a professional that has experience. Sometimes one of the things that I hear um, just from vendors in general is that the Lexington vendor community is very tight knit. Do you feel that the Louisville wedding vendor community is as tight knit as ours? We definitely have a network here in Louisville that there are certain vendors that have been doing this for over a decade. We all know each other. We have great relationships. We probably have each other's cell phones and we're texting more than we're emailing for inquiries. But, you know, it's a little different than Lexington. The Lexington vendors seem to have a closer knit. They are they are interacting with each other outside of work. And it seems like they have those relationships beyond. Yeah, I just I'm like, do you all not do that? Do you not interact outside of work here? We have some stronger relationships, but for the most part, we don't have those, let's go out to eat, let's all get together. That doesn't happen often. We have a network um, that a social that we have quarterly where people, and that's probably our time to meet up with each other and interact and talk and vent for the the most part is uh, talk about what's coming up for the next year. But yeah, we're not going to dinner and, and interacting in that sort of social capacity with our vendors, which is totally fine. It works here. I think it's because it's a bigger community. There are so many more vendors in that pool that it would be harder to do that. Um, and I think Lexington just being a tad smaller, more intimate, family-oriented type co- hospitality that you guys are seeing those social activities more. And when we talked about Wovel being a destination spot, you touched just a hair on bourbon. Do you have any couples that come here because they love bourbon? Do they ever give that as the reason why they chose Kentucky? Absolutely. We had a couple a couple years ago that was from Texas and they had never even been to Kentucky, but they just wanted to get married on the bourbon trail. Yep. I had a couple okay. from North Carolina. Really? The, the same. Yeah. I love it. I okay. think we often, not that we take it for granted, but we see it every day. I think someone who doesn't see it every day just appreciates it a little bit more. So when it comes to your guest count at weddings, where do you normally see maybe your average guest count? Yeah, I think it's a tad bit more here in Louisville. I've learned that just from talking some of the Lexington vendors that our average is 200, 250. That's not really a big deal is to see and go up to three and 400. You know, that's not the average. Three and 400 is not the average, but it's not uncommon to see it. I would, if I had to put one number, it would be 250. I think that's about where we land. And if I'm not mistaken, Lexington's probably about 100 less than that for their average. Yeah. Yeah. And a lot of our venues, we start like tapping down at about 175. So, I mean, we only have a few that can hold 300. Right. So you definitely have higher guest counts here. I just think what the difference is the demographics is that we're a larger city. Absolutely. There's more venues. There's more options here. Bigger than, population. Yes. Yep. Than, um, than the Lexington market. So then that's going to take me back to uh, bars at weddings. Do you, most of your couples here do an open bar? Do they do a cash bar, consumption bar? What do you typically see them do? We see most of our couples doing an open bar here in Louisville. Very often discourage people from doing a consumption bar unless they have very light drinkers on occasion for maybe a rehearsal dinner or a smaller event that does work. So it's not unheard of to do a consumption bar. But for the most part, all of our bars are an open bar. And then what about tip jars at the weddings? Do you 
do you typically see a tip jar? Is there a gratuity added on for the couple? How do you do that here? Typically, the majority of our couples will give the bartender and the staff gratuity. So there's no need for a tip jar. Regardless of where a couple is getting married, what is one thing that you wish every couple knew going into wedding planning? To enjoy their day. Just to step back. This is your only wedding. This is your special day. You've led up this whole planning process. We want you to enjoy it. Know that your vendors that you've hired are professionals and that we have everything under control. I think I agree with Melissa. I think the couples should really at some point throughout the day just stop and take it all in and realize why they are really there. The Our weddings that we plan and, and I think the majority of weddings have become such a production, which is very fun for guests. I think the guests enjoy it. But we also need to take a step back and realize why are we actually here today? And we encourage, I actually stop with the couples and usually I'm with the bride on the wedding day if I'm the assistant, but always take time to tell them sometime today, stop, look around, take a mental picture of all the people that came to celebrate you and that are here for you and your significant other. It's so important to do that because we can get caught up in all the things that are going on and the day's over. You hear so often that the day went so fast. Once it gets started past hair, that long morning of hair and makeup, once it gets started, it goes so fast. And we hear that often that I can't believe that it's over at the end of the night, you know? So if you can just take even more than one, but if you at the very minimum, take one moment to soak it all in, you'll remember that for a lifetime. We saw a trend last year, our couples during cocktail hour after the photos were done, having a moment to themselves, going off, having their appetizers, a drink, and just taking a breath before the crazy reception and dinner starts. So this was a trend we saw last year, and I, I, everyone seemed to really enjoy it. That did. That has come up several times in the last probably four or five podcasts that we've done that that is becoming more popular. And I think it's a great idea It gives them a minute to be by themselves, to regroup, refocus, and get ready, you know, to go in and just have have a blast and not be stressed. And then the last thing that I kind of want to touch on is planning prices. Um, What I found out when we were talking uh, before this was that you don't call it month of or day of planning like we do. We couldn't figure out what each other was talking about. (laughs) You refer to it as coordination here, whereas we refer to it as month of or day of. So tell me a little bit about your coordination package. It starts about six weeks out. Yeah, that is correct. So our coordination is the couple will do all the planning. And then we come in six weeks before their date, get all their contracts, all their information. They typically come back in the office. It's what, about a two and a half hour meeting. We sit down with them, ask them all the questions. And then um, the six weeks gives us time to remedy anything that we see is not right with their contract or and just work out all the logistics with them. We feel better prepared that we get to know them more than, um, and they just gives us some more time. Then we schedule their walkthroughs at their venues. And so we will do that. And that also giving that time frame four to six weeks allows everyone's schedules to be coordinated to do so. So we'll do that walkthrough with them. And then over the next several weeks, we create the master timeline for their wedding day. And that includes reading all those contracts, contacting their vendors, reconfirming the times, making sure all the times align that they've given their vendors. And then the week of the wedding, we meet with them for the final time and they put their stamp of approval on that timeline. And then we email it to every vendor. So Melissa and I are the planners that 
our team players, we know that all these vendors are professionals in their fields. I'm not a professional DJ. I'm not a professional photographer, but they are. So we're not there to be their boss. We're just there to help guide the day and be an advocate for the couple and manage everything that's going on throughout the day. But again, so we'll we'll have them approve that timeline, email it to them, to the vendors, let them know we're the point of contact moving forward. So they're just hearing from one person Versus that whole wedding week, still continuing to hear small questions from vendors. They can just filter it through us, and it seems to be less stressful for them. Um, and then wedding day, first one's there, and last one's to leave. <laughs> um, and to jump back, when we do that final um, walkthrough of their timeline, we also pick up any of their personal items that they may need to set out the day of the wedding, their programs, their cake topper, any of those little small items. We pick it up, and our goal for that week is for them to just relax and enjoy leading up to their wedding day to do those beauty appointments, to do all those luncheons, anything that's scheduled. We take care of like leading up to the week and the stress and we're there for the rehearsal ceremony. We will help lead that with the officiant. And then like Lori said, first one there, last one to leave on a wedding day. We were looking at some pricing um, just to talk a little bit about that. So what we found is that coordination starts around the 2700 range. The average is about 3500 here in Louisville. And then it can go up to the four and 5,000 range with some coordinators. And then for full service planning, that's basically where you hold the couple's hand the entire time. That's really what if somebody is having a destination wedding here that they need to have. And that's really around the six to 9,000 range here, depending on logistics. I think those are very fair numbers. The coordination may be a tad on the higher end um, in that in that estimate. But yes, those are pretty on. Do you have any final words or anything you would like to share with couples or moms that are listening? Enjoy the process. I think at the very least, a coordinator is uh, the most beneficial part to having a wedding. And I, I call them mainstream weddings. That's where you're doing all the things and checking all the boxes. Having a coordinator to manage that so that specifically the moms can enjoy themselves or the the person that's going to be in charge that's not the bride and the groom or the couple. So I think I would encourage that. But just enjoy the process. Even if you don't have a full planner, don't get so worked up on the small things. In reality, it, it, is, a, it is small things. And that just goes back to making sure that we remember why we're doing this and why this is happening and, and why there is so much energy and effort put in put into planning such uh, to planning one day my piece of advice would be is doing your research on your vendors because you are building a vendor team and you want to make sure that you have a good team of vendors that's going to help you execute your wedding reading those views reviews asking past clients of theirs just doing the research and making sure that you um, know who you're hiring for your wedding sarah thank you for inviting us to take part in this thank you it's a privilege and uh, that you thought of us We've really enjoyed throughout this whole process, like our friendship with you, connecting the Lexington and the Louisville. And we just really look up to you and admire you in this business. For more information about Simply Love Studio or to schedule your wedding consultation, go to simplylovestudio.com.